Vilma. I'm Mary. And this is the Wicked Cruel Podcast. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> Episode um, 11. 11. Yes. Yeah. Yay. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to get comfortable here. Um, I'm a little freaked out. My house is haunted, yes. basically. So we're not just saying that. She's had a couple of really weird things happen. And one right before Vilma came over <laughs> and I told her about it. And now she's scared, too. I'm so. a little. What do the kids say? I'm shook. I'm shook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shook. So, yeah, she poured me a glass of wine. I and did. I was like, you're good. My closet door was literally cracked a little bit and I thought she was going to start crying. And it's all it was is I was <laughs> looking for something. Um, I guess I, I should tell know. people what happened. Yes. So on Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember. When, I don't remember. One of those days. Um, I swear there's something that tries to get me when I'm like pooping or in a vulnerable <laughs> position. Um, so I was using the restroom on let's say Monday and uh all of a sudden this like shriekingly loud noise started and what it was it was this old clock radio that I have next to my bed and I just have it like for the time because if I open my eyes and I'm late for work I see it and I'm like oh shit instead yeah. of constantly snoozing my alarm your phone um but I'm home at this time every single day because I come home for from for lunch um and it has never gone off. And yeah. so it went off. And it there is a switch. Like, for the radio to come on, it, you have to move the switch. It's not easy. Like, and it's not something that I could just, like, kind of bump into and it switches on. And I know Aaron, like, he knows me better than to fuck with me. Right. I don't play that game. Like, I'm already, from the ghost picture and all that kind of stuff, like, I'm already really freaked out about that. Um so, needless to say, that happened. And it was, it turned on and she said it was music. That it wasn't like, I don't know, reggaeton or something right. that wouldn't be scary. It was like an oldie song, like it an was old-timey song. It was almost like a folk oldie, like country folk oldie, but like old-timey and super staticky. And I was just like, this is literally the fucking, like, horror movie. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, no. So I called Aaron. He was just, he was in his office, but I was on the toilet. So I yeah. called him and I was like, I need you to run to me now. Yes. And he thought I had like fallen or something. <laughs> so he comes like busting in the door and is like, what's wrong? And I'm like, do not the radio. Hear this. And then he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he goes and just unplugs it out oh, of the wow. wall. And uh, thankfully it stopped yes. when he unplugs it. Well then, so that was Monday. Then today, the reason Vilma's so freaked out is because um, I re- remember I told you guys the last episode that my friend Selena, her garage door would open randomly. Our garage door randomly opened at 6.55 this evening. There was it's no currently there. Friday. And uh, honestly, what like what probably happened, it was probably some delayed reaction from my husband like messing with it like on his phone but it just freaks me out. And I don't even, I'm not even freaked out. That part about like a ghost for the garage door doesn't freak me out. I'm afraid that somebody has like hacked into our shit. Yeah. And when they see my fat ass walking around naked, <laughs> they can see it in our little camera we have in our living room. That's more what I'm afraid of. That is pretty scary. Both <laughs> scary scenarios. I'm the ghost now, bitch. <laughs> like, honestly, they'd be haunted if they saw saw that right Jeez. it's I just don't. a lot it's just weird vibes we're gonna sage this weekend um it's just freak it's freaky i don't know yeah hopefully no more paranormal activity 
I hope not. Like, I'm so skeptical. And, like, Vilma made a good point um, to the listeners, not to Vilma, you. <laughs> uh, listeners, Vilma made a good point because I used to live in this really, like, shady house. It was a back house to another house and like it was super old built in like the 60s it had it's had a lot of people in and out over the years and I stayed there for three years and never felt safe never felt at peace always felt like there was something there always saw like weird shadowy figures and things like that and so I don't know Vilma was like what if something negative there like followed you to your new house and then I'm like well shit now I've yeah. thought about that. Thanks, Vilma. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> Should have kept that one to myself. No, but I am sharing that because I I share that fear with you. Like, I am legitimately scared right now. And now I feel like I'm close to the door. If something comes in through this door, I'm the first one to get attacked. It's date night. <laughs> I'm in heels. I'm we're, not going anywhere. <laughs> we're going to see if we're going on a double date. Uh, after we finish this podcast with our husbands. Yeah, so. Vilma and I normally go on dates with each other. Yes. But this time we invited our husbands. Mm-hmm. I guess they can tag along. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Only because we're going to see a scary a movie. A scary movie. <laughs> and what we did you know? It. You know that if it had been just a normal movie, I would not have invited them. So I literally told Aaron, because he was like, what made Vilma want to go see, or what made Vilma want to go on a double date? And I said, honestly, I said, it's because we're going to watch A Quiet Place 2. <laughs> and she needed Alex to snuggle with because she knows that she can't do that to me. <laughs> I could, you but could, yeah. But I need, who am I going to snuggle with? I am no one's protector. <laughs> I look solid, but I am not. I we will d- melt. We would just protect each other. Yeah. So let's so get into your story. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, I do have a note. Um, in episode 10, I we were talking about social workers and like child abuse and I brought up the Netflix series about I said Adrian Hernandez and like when those when that name came out of my mm-hmm. mouth in my head I was like you're wrong that's wrong that's Isn't not that right. a football player sure I don't know but <laughs> the name is Gabriel Fernandez oh yeah, yeah is yeah. the little boy yeah, I remember. who lived that horrible mm-hmm. life so I just want to make sure that I corrected that. Um, we don't have anyone yet, a fan base that's going to correct us because, you know. <laughs> we have to pull each other. <laughs> the 60 of you that listen, we love you. Um, but I just did want to acknowledge that I did get that wrong. Yeah. Um, and then I think, oh, no, we're good. Oh, another creepy thing. So Aaron and I, this has not happened to us yet. Well, it sort of has. Um, real quick, I'm so sorry. Another creepy thing that has happened. So I was reading uh, a couple weeks ago about how when you hear your name called, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to answer if you don't like see the person. And so like twice this week, Aaron has come in and been like, baby, you know, were you calling me? What do you need? And I was like, I didn't say your name. And he was like, I swear I heard you call. Now, oh, granted, gosh. he sits there with his headphones on a lot of background noise there's a lot of people online so it's not like the freakiest thing but I was just like oh my god and him and I sit there and yell at each other all the time half the time I forget my towel so he I have to like yell for him and he has to bring me one if Siri doesn't hear me trying to like use him to call but anyway so just all the creepiness (laughs) is happening I'm gonna need more wine (laughs) (laughs) this is wine with bubbles it's it's Stella Rosa which is like basically spiked grape juice yeah i was going it's to not, say i feel like it's low so it's a low alcohol dinner wine mm. it's it's what i drink when i can't get like super thrown on the weekend on the weekdays <laughs> but okay so 
Let's get into the story. Yay. It's a serial killer story. Uh, <laughs> not that that's anything to make fun of, but it is oh, no. exciting to it's hear. Exciting. An interesting story. Yes. And actually, it is about the, it's two names. It is the Wimmer Pan Killer and the Hammer Killer of Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, okay. I had never heard of this guy before. Um or these killers, and so I was really, really excited. Okay, so in April of 1996 to December 1997, uh, police in Johannesburg, South Africa, were dealing with two serial killers. Um, one around the area of Dunbar, and that was the Hammer Killer. Um, and what this killer was doing, they were robbing these like small-time tailors, and they were bludgeoning them to death with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Um And some survived, but a lot of them didn't. And so it was several. And so then the second killer um, that they had was called the Wimmer Wimmer Pan Killer. And that was named for the area that uh, the killings took place. So it was in an area called Wimmer Pan. Yeah. Um, So these murders were a little bit more involved than the Hammer murder because The first set involved couples that were being attacked by someone with a gun who would shoot and kill the men, and then they would rape the woman, and then they would kill them, too. Oh, no. So that's gruesome. But then also, um, men and women who were walking alone would, like, come in contact with this attacker and then get, like, beat with a hammer. Or beat with, not a hammer, I'm sorry, beat with a rock. Mm -hmm. And so, and then taxi drivers were reportedly... Um, starting to get killed too in the same area mm-hmm. and again they were being like lured to this like area uh, like a dark alley and then they were being bludgeoned with a rock as well wow and all the some, victims around that same yes spot? Oh, okay. uh-huh. and so they pretty much in the wimmer pan murders they knew that even though it was different weapons and stuff they were like this has to be the same, the same person, person. Mm-hmm. and so um So there were two different sets of police, one for the hammer killers, because he was hitting a lot of tailors, and then the separate for the other serial killer Mm -hmm. for the Wimmer Pan. Um, And they also, um, they had a really hard time specifically with the Wimmer Pan, because he did not differentiate, like he did not, or he didn't care about race, gender, occupation, age, like if he caught you, he'd kill you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of hard for when you're looking at a serial killer. Yeah. Because it's like normally they go for, you know. They have an MO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brown hair, brown eyes right. or something. You know, they have a specific thing. So this, it was like nobody was safe. Um. So by the end of 1997, over 27 people had been killed. 15 women had been reported to have been raped. Um. And then, like, many, many more had been assaulted and robbed and things like that. Um, some reported that the Wimmer Pan Killer actually used a knife, and but he that was only reported by women. Um, and I'll bring that up a little bit later. But, again, he would also burglarize a lot of homes, and a lot of those residents would be murdered as well inside their homes. So it was just, like, a year of terror. Um, and the two different police forces they were just at a loss because they didn't have any leads for the hammer killer they didn't have any leads for the wimmer pan killer um and they didn't really they weren't really able to link anything but 
There was a serial killer specialist from the Brixton Murder and Robbery Squad named Captain Piet Billeveld. I was a dumbass and I literally told Siri to remind me to Google these names so I knew the pronunciations and I did not before we started recording. It's okay. I did forget. I did because the garage situation happened. Mm -hmm. So Piet Billeveld. Um, and he was brought in to head the investigation for the Wilmer Pan murders because that was so, such an intense murder case. Yeah. Um, so it ended up that this was a really good move that they brought in the specialist because the public was very relieved that someone named Cedric Make was arrested for the crimes connected to the Wilmer Pan murders on December 23rd, 1997. Um, I really struggled to find exactly how he was caught. Mm-hmm. I like, I mean, I Googled so many sources um, and could not find it. The only thing I found one source that said that they found his DNA at several of the crimes in Wimmer Pan. So I was like, okay. Um, and very little is known about this guy's background. Um, during the time of the murders, he was working as a house painter and he was actually married with four children Plus a girlfriend on the side. Jeez. Plus one of his like three or four brothers was a police sergeant in a nearby town. So. Like he was a known guy. Yeah. I mean he was thought to be like this hardworking guy. Mm-hmm. Like nobody had anything negative to say about him. Yeah. Um, nobody his wife suspected. Was fine. His girlfriend was fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no complaints. No. So I mean. I don't know, but he he as soon as he was arrested, he Mm -hmm. did not deny any of these murders. He was like, yes, I did them um, and I will take you and drive around and take you to the places that it happened and, you know, help solve all these murders. He was like, I've been caught, I guess, because his DNA. I mean, yeah, this was 97. Mm -hmm. So DNA had come a little bit further. Yeah. I mean, definitely not like it is now, but it had come a little bit. Yeah. Um, so he figured I'm caught. I might as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, so he ended up, he did just that with the captain, um, of the police force who this, he was the same serial killer specialist, Captain Billeveld. I just know someone in South Africa is listening and just <laughs> absolutely like murdering me through this microphone right now. I'm so sorry. Um, but anyway, so he drove, the police around to the different areas and they came to a pawn shop and he was like oh this is where I sold one of my victims bikes and so they went in and they talked to the pawn shop owner and it turns out that make had sold the bicycle under a fake name which was Patrick Maquena and this name seems super familiar to the police captain and he could not figure out why this name sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. He it, he was scratching his head, couldn't figure out. Um, he decided to look more into this name, Patrick Maquena, and he quickly realized where he had heard that name before. And it was actually used to check in a shirt at one of the tailor shops in the neighboring town where the second serial killer had been striking and it was a it was a tailor shop that had been attacked and the tailor owner had been murdered oh so they quickly realized that the killers were one in the same yes so 
like as you would say they were shook yeah because <laughs> they were just it was these two separate police forces that yeah. were just like what the fuck we have like this one crazy guy mm-hmm. oh my god so this was one of the first cases that the geographic information systems was used and what that does it just maps out all of these different crimes mm-hmm. and where they're committed um and kind of the vicinity and stuff like that. And so, I mean, I think now you can literally Google, like, crime in the Fort Worth area, and mm-hmm. it'll give you all that crime map. Like, that's what this is. It's the oh, GIS okay. system. So they realized that all of the crimes took place within, like, a mile or two of either his brother's house or his girlfriend's house. Wow. And, yeah. And so using this map, they were able to realize, like, oh, this is 100% our guy for both of these murders. Um, And so he did go to trial. And at the trial, he actually took back his confession. I guess he realized, like, crap. Like, they're getting me for a lot. Yeah. Other murders. Yeah, because it was a lot. Um, And he was known to have, like, crazy outbursts, like extreme bits of rage Mm -hmm. when he was in the courtroom. Um, and it would scare people and people were like afraid he was going to kill in the courtroom because of the way that he was acting. And then when anyone would bring up his mom, he would weep and like bang his head on the table. In all, Cedric Make was charged with 133 crimes. Um, now South Africa got rid of the death penalty in 1994, mm-hmm. so a few years before. So he wasn't able to receive the death penalty, which he 100% would have. Would have yeah. Um, but he did receive 27 life sentences, and all in all, for everything, it equals that he got about 1,340 years in jail. Wow. And that was for 26 murders, 15 rapes, and 41 aggravated robberies. Um, and mind you, this was only the crimes that he was actually charged with. They're, they are pretty sure that he murdered a minimum of like 35 people. And God knows how many people he actually like assaulted. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Uh-huh. Well, and what's crazier, he actually bragged to people. He was like, oh, I'll be out in two years. Like, I'll Mm. be out in two years. They don't really have a lot on me. Wow. And it's like, bitch, we have your DNA. The DNA, yeah. yeah. And, well, the judge, her name was Geraldine Borchers. um, And she said that due to the nature of the crimes and his obvious lack of remorse, like, Mm -hmm. he never showed remorse. He could have cared less. Um, She said he would, he was too dangerous to ever be let out of prison. Okay, So, the last article that I found that was written on him was from 2002 and at that time he was still alive and still in prison in South Africa um I was not able to find anything on if he was still alive now or where in South Africa that he actually was but he is still in jail because that motherfucker was crazy yeah so I'm glad he's in jail yes yeah and well I was I really was debating on how I wanted to go about this story I mean there was so much to it, but obviously this is our date night, so it has to be a shorter episode. <laughs> so I really just wanted to hit the facts. So I feel like half the time I haven't been like breathing and I've just been like telling you because I was so excited. I was excited because I feel like I know a lot of serial killers and I'd never heard all over no, the world. Yeah. yeah. And this one I was like, holy shit. Like I had never right? heard this. Well, when you told me that he got caught for the ones that were all in the same area. Yeah. 
I thought maybe he was relieved Mm -hmm. that he wasn't caught for the other ones. So he was like pointing out, you know, helping out with the investigation. Like, like, okay, yes, this is where Mm -hmm. I did this, blah, blah, blah. He was cooperating. Mm -hmm. But then when he realized, oh, shit, like they've got me for all of these other ones. He's like, okay, well, and maybe I won't be out in two years. It was just his fake name. Like, and that he I didn't add, but it wasn't until like late in 1998 he was arrested December 97, and it was late 1998 that they pieced together that he was oh, both the killers. okay. Yeah, so he was incarcerated for almost a year before they put two and two together. Yeah. But it, it was just that yeah. name. So that investigator, is that how long it took him to remember where he saw the name? That's weird, right? No, so I... I probably was a little bit confusing on the way that I was wording that since I tried to get that entire story within one (laughs) breath. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that he had been incarcerated for several months before he drove them around to all the murders. Okay. He wasn't just like arrested and was like, okay, guess I'm hot. (laughs) No. Spill the beans. No, no. I'm pretty sure. And then that's when they figured that out. Okay. And I know that the captain, Billeveld, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's B-Y-L-E-V-E-L-D. So by, by Lebeld. I need to see it. Let me see. Let me look at her notes. That's Let's right. see what my take is here. There. Yeah, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm at a loss. I'm like, good luck, um, Let's Vilma. see. <laughs> Just my gut is saying it's Captain Billeveld. Billeveld, Billeveld. Right? We'll never know because no one is going to tell us. (laughs) No. And I guarantee you, I'm going to Google these names and I just hope that this isn't the first episode someone listens to and then like... (laughs) They will not be listening again. (laughs) (laughs) I was... Give us a chance. Go and listen to something else. (laughs) So Spotify, I shouldn't have looked, but Spotify will tell me how many starts somebody has had. Nope. Everybody's like, click. Okay, okay. No. Yeah, it is. It's how many starts, which means that they listen to the first 60 60 seconds. The first 60 seconds, and then they turned us off. So I was like, damn, at least give us like two minutes. I'm pretty sure that's like our introduction. They were like, their names are stupid. I'm not listening to this. Well, I don't know. So, anyway. I guess my voice can be pretty obnoxious. I've heard. <laughs> I've yeah. been told. Shoot, well, half the time I sound like I'm from California, and half the time I sound like I'm a Southern Belle, so. <laughs> She's got multiple personalities. I might. Listen. Oh, man. You never know. But anyway, so that is my story. Yeah, that's crazy. Now it's your turn, and I'm going to drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, for my mini, I have um, an urban legend. Because I'm so excited. I know, yeah. You you told me the other day that I do a lot of uh, stories that are true stories. But I was complimenting. Well, I wasn't I saying. thought I was getting in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I no, was so. I, I'm totally joking. That's but, why I was like, oh my God, did I actually tell you that it had to be an urban gave, legend? Because I promise you. You gave me a complex. I'm not no, that I'm bossy. I um, promise I try to turn off my teacher brain the second <laughs> I get into my house. So, um, urban legend. Uh, it's from Tennessee. Ooh. I don't know anything about Tennessee. Me neither. Justin Timberlake is from Tennessee. I didn't know that. Well, I did. <laughs> but I like Justin. And I also know that Tennessee whiskey song. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. And that's yeah. it. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I do know now this urban legend. It's about skinned Tom. That's so, oh, it's a little. It's gonna. Be, it's not scary. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> it, I didn't <laughs> think it was scary. If I don't think it's scary, being skinned alive is probably one of my biggest fears. Yeah. I feel like it's anyone's biggest you, no, fear. But no you one would die. To. Yeah. Right. I can't. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, you. I think you would pass out. From a the few pain. times, yeah. It would be too much. No one wants to be skinned alive. No. Like, that's just, I don't even want to skin my knee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't ever want to be hurt either. No. Yeah. So, um, so skinned Tom. So, Tom was a good looking fella from Tennessee. He was a real ladies' man. So, he was funny, he was charming, and he was a big time flirt. And sounds like someone I know. <laughs> I'm like, who? <laughs> Me? <laughs> yes, you are a very funny, charming, good-looking fella. <laughs> um, I got a big schlong. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. It's the wine. <laughs> so this guy, right, he's, uh, everyone likes him. Mm-hmm. And he ain't got no type. He will date <laughs> anyone. Mm-hmm. So he started dating all these girls in his town, right? And eventually he went through the whole town. Like he dated every single girl <laughs> in town. I don't know how they were all okay with it. I wouldn't have been. No. So anyway, so he decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the town over. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to drive over there and see if I see someone that I like. You know, he was going to find someone. <laughs> He's not picky. So he went through, um, through the road and got to the next town. And then he uh, met this girl, Eleanor, and she was gorgeous, right? Long blonde hair, beautiful blue eyes, and it said a smoking body. (laughs) So I don't know if she had one of those Brazilian butt lifts or something, but she she was hot and she was into him. So there was only one problem. She was married. Oh. (laughs) So this didn't let, uh, let them stop their fun, though. Because he was a fuck boy and he didn't care. He just trying to get it in. And Tom liked the rush Mm -hmm. of being with this girl. And he liked being essential and sneaking around. So they would meet late at night. And then they would go to the local lover's lane. Mm -hmm. And they would like make out in the car. I'm going to say make out. Right. Because (laughs) that's what you do, right? (laughs) And then... um, they weren't really being careful about keeping this a secret. I was like, so, unexpected pregnancy? No. no, no, no. They were just making out, Mary. Okay, okay, okay. This is a very clean urban legend. Okay. <laughs> so they, the, the town started gossiping. Like, mm-hmm. they knew that something was going on. So um, eventually, Eleanor's husband caught wind of what was going on. And he was overcome with rage and jealousy, of course. Right. But he, instead of confronting her, he's like, okay, I'm going to get revenge on them. So he told her, okay, honey, like, I'm going away for the weekend. So I've got to go do something for work. Bye. Mm-hmm. So he went to the woods behind their house and then just waited. So that's creepy, that's right? That's creepy, yeah. <laughs> I picture him, you know, did you ever watch Hey Arnold? No. No. I was poor. I didn't have cable. Well, if anybody out there 
watched Hey Arnold, there was this character who would like do heavy breathing and stand behind this <laughs> character, Helga, and he'd be like, <sighs> <sighs> anyway, that's what I'm picturing. He's just in the woods, like staring and watching, waiting for something to happen. So, of course, just like he expected, um, Tom went and visited Eleanor. I mean, can you imagine? She's probably like, hey, come over. Right. Anyway, so Tom and Eleanor got together and then they drove to lover's lane mm-hmm. which i'm a little bit confused because if you have the house to yourself why not just hang right. out at home yeah. anyway this is the story right so, okay um they went to lover's lane and then they were again making out mm-hmm. just getting intimate and then tom pulls uh not tom eleanor's husband pulls up okay. right and he had a hunting knife <laughs> so he opens the door and and he grabs Tom mm-hmm. and he drags him into the woods. Eleanor was scared, obviously. So she was like in fetal position in the car. And she started hearing Tom's screams mm-hmm. as they pierced that dark Tennessee night. <laughs> so after some time, there was finally silence. And there was like rustling in the trees. Mm-hmm. And out comes Eleanor's husband. And he's covered in blood. And he got into the car without saying one word, drove himself to the police station, and turned himself in. So the police went the next day when there was daylight and went into the woods to where they thought Tom was. And they saw hanging from the trees what they thought was Tom's body, but it was just his skin. Oh, no. But then Tom was nowhere to be found. And the knife was also missing so legend has it that tom is still lurking around lover's lane waiting to catch a cheating couple and teach them the same lesson that he learned that night so he was once a good looking guy and now he was just a fleshy bloody skeleton wandering around with a big hunting knife clutched in his bony fingers okay unless you want to be like skinned alive by skinned Tom, keep it in your pants. <laughs> That's or the don't cheat in Tennessee. No. <laughs> in Tennessee. That's terrifying. I didn't think it was that scary. Bitch. I love, you, I love skeletons. You were like, this is lighthearted. <laughs> there was a lot of blood and he was skinned alive. <laughs> Maybe I'm becoming desensitized by all this true crime. Maybe we've had a glass of wine and... <laughs> So you're saying don't tell Ollie this bedtime story. No, no, let's and not. that's why we don't cheat. <laughs> oh my god, yes. that's that's a good one. I've never, I haven't heard that. Yeah, one. it's an urban legend. That's it's, a good one. It's a good one. You know, yeah, it's really loosey goosey. No loosey goosey. <laughs> it's super fun. <laughs> no, first of all. I'd be too much of a weenie to even go stand in the woods by myself. Right. Like, I don't, like, and watch. I'd be like, this is the scary plot where you think this guy's going to do something and then something grabs him and drags him into the woods. Well, what's scary is that Lover's Lane killings, that is real, though. Yes. That has happened. Yeah. So, many, many times. Uh Uh-huh. So, yep. Mm -hmm. That was You ready to go to date night? I know. (laughs) We'll make out in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Boys. Well, good job. Um, all right. So like, subscribe, or give us a rating, please, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 
Um, if you have suggestions for anything urban legend, witchy, cult, murder, serial killer, whatever, um, you can email it to us at wickedcruelpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or follow us on Instagram. Yay. Yes. All right, guys. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.